All right, we're approaching here and picking up uh, in, in verse 25, and, and we, we've, uh, this is our third week back into Acts. We've been going verse by verse. We went through the first seven chapters. Now we've been in chapter 8 now. This will be the third week, and then we'll be done with chapter 8. But we're not done with the book of Acts. We're going to continue pushing on. Uh, next week we get to see the conversion of Saul. But, but here is a, a very practical passage for, for those of us who have been saved and we wonder what life on mission looks like. Well, this is life on mission. Philip is... Um, it, it, this is really Philip's chapter. We see Philip over and over. He's preaching the good news. He's, he's sharing about Jesus. He, he shared um, last week to Simon the magician. We see him share the gospel. Um, many people come to faith uh, by, by God using Philip uh, to share the good news and Philip's obedience to the gospel uh, message and, and proclaiming it to those who do not know Jesus. And it's just really wonderful to see. But this is, is very practical, it is convicting, it is encouraging as we approach this text to think, how can I live life on mission? How can I practically go and share the good news? How can I go and and point people to Christ the Messiah? Well, let's look and see what Philip does. Picking up in verse um, 25, it won't be on the screen, so again, if you don't have your scripture journal out, grab a Bible in front of you, beneath you, or behind you on the chairs. And you can use that and follow along with us. But verse 25 says, Now when they had testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south, the road that is down from Jerusalem called Gaza to Gaza. Uh, This is a desert place. And he rose and went, and there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join his chariot. So Philip ran to him and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, How can I, unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of Scripture that he was reading was this, Like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shear is silent. So he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, About whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth, and beginning with the scripture, this scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. And as they were going along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water, Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away, and the eunuch saw him no more, and went on his way rejoicing. But Philip found himself as Azotus, um, as he passed through, he preached the gospel to the towns until he came to Caesarea. That is God's word for us this morning, church. Let's be in an attitude of prayer. Father God, we come to you humbly this morning, looking to your word. God, we, we lay all of our struggles from this week, all of our worries and our anxiety at the cross this morning. And we approach you through your word, seeking sanctification through it. Lord, we pray that you would just convict us in, in many ways, but don't just convict us, Lord. Use your spirit to encourage us and show us the doors that you've opened in our life that we could live life on mission and proclaim the good news to those who do not know it. 
Lord, we, we love You and we praise You. And as we gather, we just pray that You would just draw us close to one another in Your Word. And Lord, that we would go. We would go and we pro- would proclaim these truths. We would proclaim the good news. And we would trust in the power of the good news. The power of our God. Safe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You all know this about me, by the way. I humbly, verse 40, I know I botch words. It happens. I'm from West Virginia. I botch easy words. So you know I'm going to botch big words. But I'll, I'll go for it. Sometimes we just miss the mark. Anyways, the main point for us this morning is obey God and you're going and you're doing. Obey God and you're going and you're doing. We are to obey God in, in everything, right? We are to obey every command um, from God's Word, right? We talk about the law. We, we should still look to the law. We should still look at the law. We should still try and uphold the law in a sense that, that we are obeying God, not that we are trying to uphold it perfectly. We know the One who fulfilled it perfectly and set us free. But it doesn't mean that we forget the Ten Commandments and now we can murder because Jesus has set us free, right? We understand that God's Word is still beneficial from the very beginning to the very end. We should look to it. But then we come to the, to the New Testament, right? And we, we get this to go and to make disciples, right? We, we are given a stern command. And, and everything else will flow out of that. Everything that we do is, is looking to that. But the command that it starts from and, and the, the New Covenant, right? As, as New Testament Christians, when we look at it, is go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded. So we're going, right? We're told to go. This isn't an option for for Christians. So we are to obey God in our going and our doing. It's not good enough that we would just go, but we would actually do as we go. But let's start with our going. Obey God in your going. So we we see the Gospel go to the Samaritans last week. If you missed that, you can um, catch up with it um, on our podcast. But after that, that's why verse 25 is our transition. Now they testified and spoken the word of the Lord. They returned to Jerusalem, preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. So, so they go back to the villages of the Samaritans in Jerusalem where the church is being persecuted. But now you have Philip. right? Philip's just kind of hanging out. Verse 26, Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Rise and go toward the south to the road that is, um, goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And it says, this is a desert place. And he rose and he went. And when he went, there was an Ethiopian, a eunuch. And we see that, that Philip is, is going as he is commanded to go. So, let me give you guys a little bit of a picture here. So, Philip is already north of Jerusalem. The most convenient thing, the thing that we would look to, right, in our flesh is what's somewhere relatively close? that I can carry the Gospel. Like, keep me close by. Because it's not like we can hop in our like, brand new cars and hit the highway. No, he's, he's sent now southwest of Jerusalem. So it's not, hey, just go to the, the town over. It's, hey, go all the way back past Jerusalem, go south, and then go west. Okay, so he's got a journey ahead of him, but he goes. So Philip goes from, from up here all the way down and over. And then I love that that it notes this. This is a desert place. That detail is important because church, it's not the most luxurious place to be. 
Now, when we think about gospel mission, we think, man, what would be the, the coolest place for me to go? And a lot of us in our, our dreams, we're called to Hawaii, right? Like, I'm just waiting for the Lord uh, to, to call me to go to Hawaii. I'm waiting for Him to, to call me to, to go to Jamaica. And I think it would be wonderful down there. I'm waiting for Him to call me to Australia, you know, like with, with no worries. And like, that, that's where I would go. I would follow the Lord to the, to the most beautiful and luxurious places. In my head, I'd love to go to those, um, God to just call me to, to be a missionary um, overseas with those over-the-water bungalows. Like, that's my dream. Some of us dream Hawaii. I'm like, Lord, call me there. That would be great. But the Lord calls us and, and sovereignly places us where He wants us. And now we have to be obedient to the call to go. And it's not always comfortable. It's not always easy. And very practically, I can tell you that, that when the Lord was stirring up in, in mine and Aubrey's hearts to, to go and to plant a church, and we started thinking about Northeast Ohio, let me tell you, Medina wasn't the first place on the list. All I knew was Northeast Ohio. But you know how scary that can be for a, a young man from West Virginia? God might place me in the middle of inner city Cleveland, and I would be the most out of place position for, for me to be in inner city cleveland i did my internship there and i was like the lord definitely didn't call me here though he used this experience we started looking around and i believe god blessed me immensely with medina but if he would have called me to cleveland guess what i'm to be obedient to cleveland if he calls you to the slums of some town or city or other country you should be obedient and you should go just as philip sets this example that that he is leaving the place that he was in with a bunch of new believers, and he's told to go southwest of Jerusalem to a desert place. This is not easy ground. This is not the luxurious place to be. But we are to obey God in our going wherever He would send us. Because he, he rose and He went. And He finds this Ethiopian eunuch and it says that he had come to Jerusalem to worship in verse 27 and was returning, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. And it says, And the Spirit said to Philip, Go over and join his chariot. Go over and join him. See, God is, is moving Philip, where he wants him to accomplish his purpose and his will for his glory. And God will, will put us where he wants and he will shut doors, right? We're always looking for open doors, but we also need to recognize the shut doors. Acts 16.6 says this, it should be on the screen. It says, and they went through the region of uh, that city and Galatia, having been forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. So this is the Macedonia call that we see that, that they are shut down. Um, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit. Not forbidden by a friend. Not for, forbidden by um, town officials. It says forbidden by the Holy Spirit to speak the word in Asia. The Gospel eventually goes to Asia. But we see that God had another plan for this mission in Acts 16. And it wasn't at that point to go to Asia. It was to go where God wanted them. And the purpose here that God has opened this door, has called Philip to go, commanded Philip to go. The angel of the Lord says, rise and go. And he goes. And this is the mission. 
there's this Ethiopian eunuch, and he says, go over and join his chariot. Now this gets uncomfortable. This requires us to personally engage with people. It means that we're going to have those awkward conversations. It, it means that, that when people come in uh, to our church, we're going to get awkward and say, how'd you hear about us? And they're going to be like, I just kind of stumbled upon you. And you're going to be like, oh, okay. Like, you've got to make it happen. It means that, that you're going to go out into your workplace and your play place and your, your home space and you're going to speak the Gospel truth to people. You're going to engage with them. And it's going to get awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. I don't care if you've got a PhD in communications. There are awkward instances of communication with people in this world and and if you're not awkward you're going to run into the awkward person and that's going to make it awkward but it's all good and fruitful for the sake of the gospel so we need to be obedient in our going maybe as groups are approaching you're thinking i i don't want to be a part of group i'd rather just just do life alone. Let me tell you that, that God has commanded you to be a part of these things, right? Now, it could look different than group. We here at New Hill Church, we do groups. So you need to be in them for your sake and the sake of others, for your sanctification and the sanctification of others because people are going to bring things into your life and you're going to bring things into their life that they need to hear and see. But be obedient in going. And whatever it is, and those are going to be awkward. They're going to be good and beneficial for your good and for God's glory. The Lord calls us, church, to actively go to people. This isn't just a Philip thing. I'm sure if, if we're being honest with ourselves that, that we've ignored this call in our life just this past week, maybe yesterday, that the call for him was, was to, to go and, and get up in the chariot with this Ethiopian eunuch, And I'm sure that, that the doors have been wide open while we've been praying for others to open. And there's been doors right there where God is telling us to go so that we could share the Gospel. To go so that we could make much of His name in this person's life. So that we could go and we could serve that person for the sake of the Gospel. And we've said, nah, that's a, that's a Philip mission. Let me tell you, Philip, yes, he was a deacon. But deacons are servants. And every person in the church is a servant. It's some form of a deacon, but the official office is for, for those who meet those qualifications and exemplify the character that every Christian should, ex, uh, should hold. A servanthood leadership, right? That we are all serving the church. We are all serving the kingdom. So Philip is just an ordinary person. I'll tell you, pastors are just ordinary people as well. God is, is showing His power through our weakness. So if you feel ill-equipped, you're probably the best person to be sent. The Lord calls us to actively, not passively, actively go to people. And gospel opportunity is found in your obedience to going. Gospel opportunity is found in your obedience to going. So as you are faithfully going, that's where you'll find gospel opportunity. It's very rare that gospel opportunity just stumbles across you, right? It's when we're faithfully going, when we're, or we're looking for opportunities. Not, not for us to make much of ourselves, not for us to make much of our name, but to ex, uh, exalt the name of Jesus. And this is what's crazy. Going doesn't necessarily mean you leave. 
a lot of times we think about this and, and Philip's story and we think like, oh, that's for missionaries, right? You've got to leave. No, church, God has sovereignly placed you where He wants you. Let me share a pet peeve of, of mine. Stuck in Ohio stickers. They bother me. Because I was raised in West Virginia. The economy's horrible down there. A lot of people want to get out. A lot of us don't like the hills as our everyday life. A lot of us aren't totally into that thing. Pastor Gary is, right? Some of you all might be mountain people, and that's, you feel like that's where God wants you. But I saw it there, and then I got here, and I'm like, people are stuck in Ohio? This is, this is so much better, right? And then I was reminded that, that God has placed us where He wants us, not where we want. We can go and we can visit the mountains. We can go and we can visit Florida. We can go and we can visit Hawaii and the bungalows um, over the water, right? And over, over there in, in Asia. But while you were here, you have a purpose. While you were breathing the air here in Medina, use it to exalt the name of Jesus. Use it to point people to Christ our Savior. You don't have to be sent to be obedient to the command to make disciples. You don't have to be sent somewhere else, but you've already been sent and placed in the neighborhood that you live in. That your neighbors, your neighborhood, that is your mission field. It doesn't always have to be Benin. It doesn't always have to be um, Afghanistan. It doesn't always have to be down in Mexico. It doesn't always have to be in another state. Your first mission field is your home, and then it is your surrounding area, your neighbors, right? We've tried to, to, to get away from the love your neighbor so much that we're like, just love everybody. That's true too, but the command is to love your neighbor as yourself. That word neighbor meant the same back then as it does now. It's not always general. The people that God has put to the left of your home or your 10 acres and to the right of your home or your 10 acres, those are your neighbors. That is your mission field. God has sovereignly placed you there. It's no surprise that, that God uh, placed Aubrey and I at, at first in our apartment. Let me share a story with you all. There was a guy who lived in our apartment complex, met him. He brought his girlfriend to a first Bible study. He brought her parents, Don and Tammy Theobald. And that girl and, and boy broke up. God blessed us with Don and Tammy Theobald. The Theobalds are a faithful family here. I didn't know why that neighbor was talking to me or what interest he had, but as soon as that breakup happened, we weren't really like all that close anymore. And I was like, man, why would that happen? Oh, Don and Tammy, God had a purpose for that. And sometimes we don't always see it in the grand scheme of things, but when you look back at your life, when you're faithful to going, you see what God is doing in you and through you where you're at, not where you were wanting to be. Look what, the, what Philip does. Philip runs over. He doesn't walk over. In the desert, he's running over. And he heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and asked, do you understand what you were reading? And he said, how can I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. It's in our going and in our engaging with people that we have the opportunity to do the good works that the Gospel calls us to. So obey God in your going and obey God in your doing. Point number two. Not just your going, but you've got to be active in this, right? Like You have to be an activist right, for the Gospel. Going out and, and sharing this good news. Not just going, not just placing yourself strategically where you could have the opportunity to share the Gospel, but taking the opportunity when it comes. Not just, just consoling somebody when they tell you that their week has been bad. Not just consoling someone when they, they tell you it's just been 
the, the worst week that the Lord uh, could have placed in their life. You take that opportunity and don't just say, I'm sorry, that's, here's some sympathy. But you say, look, I know what it's like to have a bad week. I know what it's like to not know if, if God even sees you in your situation. But let me tell you how God's used my situations in the past to bring about my better good, His glory. And you point people to the Gospel. A lot of times we'll, we'll place ourselves in those positions and then we just freeze up. Church, the more we understand that we don't save people, we just share with them the Gospel message. We have no power to save people. We have power to manipulate. That's sin. But we have a call to go and to share about the Savior, about the saving power that He holds. And we tell people, you repent and you believe. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord. That's how people are saved. They're not saved by, by pastor or, or uh, the church member saying this or saying that. They're saved by God's grace. But we are to go and to take the opportunity as we go to point people to Jesus. So He takes this opportunity. How can I? How can I? Unless someone guides me, the eunuch said. And he invites Philip to come up and sit with him. Church, that, that is the best part about living life on mission. He gets to hang out with this eunuch, sits up in his chariot, does a little bit of life with him. We are so fearful of, of the more improbable thing that we're going to be hated, right? Like, and generally, yes, we're hated. The Bible says that, and we experience it, we see it. But this happens a lot too. You're invited into people's lives. You know what a privilege that is? To get to, to sit in someone's life and to, to, to do life with them, to get to speak to them. Now, he takes the opportunity not just to hang out with him, but it says now the passage of Scripture he was reading says this, like a sheep he was led to the slaughter, and like a lamb before its shearer is silent, so he opens not his mouth. In his humiliation, justice was denied him. Who can describe his generation? For his life is taken away from the earth. And the eunuch said to Philip, about whom, I ask you, does this prophet say this? About himself or about someone else? Philip opens his mouth to share the Gospel, beginning with this Scripture. So it tells us that that's not where he ended. He didn't just talk about this Scripture. He talked about all of the Gospel, even to the point of baptism, to where the eunuch sees water and wants to be baptized, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Philip opens his mouth, and beginning with this Scripture, he told him the good news about Jesus. He shared with him the good news as the opportunity came. And another thing I didn't understand, I just thought maybe it was just something I would do, is um, when we first moved to Medina, I met a friend, and one of his coworkers wanted to do a slow-pitch softball league. I'm like, cool, I feel like slow-pitch softball is lame at this point. right? I've since changed. We've got a, a team we're playing again today. Our church team is playing, and, and it's a lot of fun. It's a, it builds good camaraderie, like a, a sportsmanship and, and teamwork. and It just brings you closer. And I thought, yeah, like I, I might meet some people. The last thing I expected was what happened. This one guy was just going on a rant on Facebook from our team about how he, he can't understand God. It just doesn't make sense to him. He wants to, but there's no hope for him. I saw that on Facebook, and I'm like, Aubrey, like, do you think this is why 
Like my going, I, I just felt like maybe that was a good opportunity. So I'm, I'm getting to meet people in Medina by playing slow pitch softball. But do you think that this is an opportunity to share the gospel? Or should I just, being blunt, shut up? Should I just not say anything because it's probably going to annoy him more? I don't have the words to say. I don't feel like I'm, I'm good enough on Facebook. But maybe I should just send him a message of encouragement. So I did. I said, hey, I'm here if you ever need to talk. It sounds like you have a lot of questions. And I don't know all the answers, but I'd love to sit down with you and, and talk about it you want to. Fast forward a little bit through talking and, and working with him. There was one night where I took a call later in the evening and, and stepped away from my family and I said, Aubrey, let me just do this or something feels different about this. And I shared the gospel with him and he gave his life to Christ. And I was like, that is what it's about. When the, the night when I, I just didn't want to because I felt like, you know, I've got a newborn at home and my wife probably needs my time and my effort and my attention this evening. Maybe I shouldn't. And there's a lot of times, men, where you shouldn't. There's a lot of times, ladies, where you shouldn't. You've got to say, yes, I need to, to speak to my family. But this was urgent. He was talking about the Gospel, so I stepped out and I shared it, and God saved him. Michael didn't save him. We've got to take the opportunities as we've been going to start doing, to start pointing people to the Gospel message. Colossians 4, verses 2-6 through six says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Is that all I have? That's all I have? We got a delay! Alright, I'm going to pull it up. It's better this way anyways. Colossians 4, 2-6 says this, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for me, Paul says, for us, that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So, so Paul is praying for an open door in prison. right? The, a situation where we wouldn't want to talk about anything. right? We'd just be in despair. right? We'd be so upset about our current state. The last thing that would be on my mind is the Gospel. But he's obedient to it, praying for a door to open so that he could declare the mystery of Christ. Which is why he's in prison. Verse 5, Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer a person. See, the answer to, to being able to, to field people's questions isn't more knowledge, more grace. It's taking the time before you answer them to seek out what is, what is the best way to point them to Christ. And does it have to be the, the, the most doctrinally like in-depth answer? It's the most Christ-centered and gracious answer. Sometimes the thing that someone needs to hear is, you need Jesus or you're going to hell. That is gracious. Now you can say it in a different way. That wouldn't sound as gracious. That's why he says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer each person. But he talks about walking in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of time. Church, are we using our time in a Christ-honoring way, in a God-glorifying way? 
Those are the questions we have to ask ourselves this morning. Look, as Philip was obedient to the Gospel, God was faithful to save. This eunuch was saved in, in tradition, we believe, through church tradition and history, that this Ethiopian eunuch is the one who, who went on to share the Gospel back in Ethiopia and it exploded. But look at what he does here. He too obeys the Gospel message. He is saved and He shows it through the act of baptism. He's not saved by baptism. He's not saved by the water. He's not saved by the dunking. But because He is saved, He wants to tell the world. And this is a man who, who church, really shouldn't have, he, was, he should have been kept outside of the temple. He should have been kept outside of, of all the act of worship. But he got to partake in a little bit. Right When you read the Old Testament and talking about eunuchs and, and everything, we can go into a whole in-depth message just on that. But now he's saved and he wants to tell the world through the act of baptism to symbolically show that he's been buried with Christ and raised to walk in newness of life. They come across water, which this is a great argument for full immersion baptism, to see here is water. What prevents me from being baptized? And he commanded the chariot to stop. And they both went down into the water. Philip didn't just like kick up water and splash his face and say that's good enough. They go into the water and Philip and the eunuch and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord carried Philip away and the eunuch saw him no more and went on his way rejoicing. He's so not worried about the fact that Philip literally got just like transported away that he goes on rejoicing about the Gospel. He goes on rejoicing about the new life he's been given in Christ Jesus his Lord. And Philip goes on and he continues to preach the Gospel from town to town. He's carried away. Far, far away actually. But church, as we are obedient and going and doing, God is faithful to save. Now you may not see um, the fruit of all of your labor. But in heaven, you will see every fruit of your labor. You will see souls who are who are saved by, by your mission, by you sharing the Gospel with somebody, or by you encouraging another believer, by you discipling another believer, and them being faithful to go and, and to, to be a missionary overseas, to go and to move to Bolivia or Brazil or uh, China, to go and to share the Gospel. This is biblical multiplication, but we are called to faithfulness and obedience and the, the mission that we've been given in Christ Jesus. You don't have to see the fruit right away. I quit playing with the stocks because stock market because I didn't see the investment, return on investment right away. And what it did was it exposed something within my, my witness. Do I have to see the fruit? Do I have to see each and every person I share the Gospel with come to know Christ? No, but I need to be faithful in sharing and investing no matter what. Regardless of the cost. Doing life with people. Getting out of my comfort zone. You like to go bowling? Maybe I don't care for bowling. But if you want to go bowling and it gives me an opportunity to share the Gospel, guess who's going bowling? You want to go hunting from West Virginia? Not my go-to thing. I'll go hunting with you as long as you know what you're doing. right? I don't want to end up with an injury and come to know the Lord before you do. right? Like I go and be with Jesus and I was just trying to share with you Jesus. But church, we are to obey God in our going and our doing. It's not an option. So this week, be thinking about how you can see the open doors, how you can look past your situation and say, okay, maybe I don't want to be in Ohio, but while I'm in Ohio, I still have a job to do. 
there's still a mission. So while I'm here, I'm going to do what God has told me to do. I'm going to steward the relationships that He's given to me. And I'm going to point people to Christ. For those who don't know Jesus, I want to share the good news of Jesus. For those who do know Jesus, I want to stir them up to good works, faithfulness, and obedience in the Gospel. That is what we were called to do. Ben, you can go ahead and come back up. And church, I just want to share with you what we're celebrating two baptisms in the uh, 11 a.m. service. So if you're going to get breakfast and you want to come back and see that, great. Um, if you don't, I just want to share with you uh, Becky and, and Marcus. Uh, they're a couple here at the church. Um, they've got two lovely children. They'll be joining the church uh, soon. Becky and Marcus will. We're excited to baptize them. We're excited about, about their excitement, right? They're stirring us up to good works by their obedience to the gospel message. To not just want to, to say they believe it, but to show that they believe it through the act of baptism, through their act of, of love uh, and delight in God's word, always asking questions, always wanting to know more. Church, we should long for that in our lives to delight in God's word, open it up, read it, see what God has told us to do. And as you see it, Go, do it. Be obedient. God's word. Father God, thank you for for this morning that we've had together. Lord, I pray that you would go ahead and correct anything I've said that was of my own, Lord, and your spirit would just show us your word and and continue to move on our hearts. And Lord, I pray that that we would be obedient. Pray that we would be faithful to the message you've called us to go into. Lord, I pray that we would, we would not just witness, but we would make disciples. We would not just make disciples, but we would also evangelize. God, I pray that we would be active in our walk with You. I pray that we would be actively pursuing You. I pray that Your Spirit would just lay a burden on our heart this morning that if maybe, maybe we're feeling like, ah, good two-point message, but we're going to leave here today and, and just go back to the life that we want to live. I pray that You would deeply convict those of us who have those feelings this morning. That we've not been saved to do what we want. We've been saved to go and to proclaim the goodness of our God who faithfully saves. pray that we would, we would go and share of the Messiah that came and took the penalty and paid the price for His people. That to those who repent and believe in the Gospel are set free. To go and to do Your work. Lord, lead us this morning. And I pray that, that we would seek opportunity this week to, to meet with one another, to disciple one another, to, to do life with one another. And in everything that we do, God, you would receive the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.